Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are once again visiting our yearly tradition of drafting Offensive Rookie of the Year candidates. Of course, we can sit here and talk about guys that we think are going to win Rookie of the Year, but we want to put a little skin in the game. We wanted to make it fun. So attacking this topic with a draft format. So Connor and I will go back and forth drafting guys that we think could end up as Rookie of the Year. Plus, we will revisit our Offensive Rookie of the Year draft that we had last year to remind you guys who won that draft and how that draft ended up going i'm trevor sycamore with me as always is connor rogers let's ring the bell welcome to the opening bell of the nfl stock exchange podcast i'm trevor sycamore that is connor rogers joining you guys after a week off but connor it felt like it was months it felt like it was years i feel like i haven't seen your face and heard your voice in forever the people have been tweeting at us wondering where we went if we went into hiding if there was ever going to be a stock exchange podcast again well here it is folks no i appreciate you guys dealing with us our summer schedule is kind of like we said they're going to be a little all over the place we're, do, we're trying to do at least one per week, but last week, life kind of got in the way in a lot of different ways, so we're going to make it up for you this week by giving you two episodes because we love you so much, starting with today's topic, which is drafting Offensive Rookie of the Year candidates. Connor and I did this last uh, last year, and we'll go over some of the results in the draft that we had last year before we dig into it this year, but we'll snake draft it. We'll go back and forth because... I don't want to just pick offensive rookie of the year candidate. It's much more fun to draft, as people know, here on this show. But Connor, my friend, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's excited to run this one back. Obviously, a lot of excitement around the rookie of the year races, whether it's offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. And it's it's good for us to be back, dude. It's we had a little bit of a break. I like that we we kind of kept it mysterious for no reason really at all. We just went off the radar a little bit. We were like uh Mike Goodson. And Mike Goodson, ex-Jets running back that the team just like lost. You ever hear about this? They just like lost contact with him. He was literally missing from the team. Uh, yeah. Like, so Wait, Chad, wait, wait. Yeah. Like during the season? It was like during minicamp, like June. Like they signed him and then like he was supposed to show up for team workouts and they were like, we can't get in touch with him. Uh, so was we he went okay? For, he was okay. Uh, he was okay. Kind of. He had some problems like off the field, but like, me- like physically he was, yes, he was alive. Wow. That's like yeah. the, that's like the Dennis Rodman stuff. Did you watch the Last Dance documentary yes, where, exactly. where Dennis right. Rodman's where, just like, where is he? And hey, he was supposed to be WWE, <laughs> <laughs> like, which is way cooler, <laughs> by the way, way cooler. We didn't do that. We were not on WWE. We just weren't. We just weren't recording shows. We but should now have, we are yeah. back. We, I it's was awesome. going to say, we should have not done the shows and then just posted pictures of me and you in Vegas inside wearing sunglasses, um, yes. just playing craps, probably losing money at craps, but yes. just like out of nowhere, people are like, that's where they are. They're supposed Very to be Very cryptic. <laughs> like just post like random locations, We're not even in the picture and with no caption on Twitter. That would have been the way to go. Uh, we are glad to be back with you guys, as as you can't tell, because we love doing this podcast. But uh, I love today's topic. Today's topic is a really great turning of the page from draft recaps, which you can obviously see over at the YouTube page. We did a much longer, I think, two-hour podcast, and we broke some of those off into little episodes as well. But you can hear our draft grades and our draft analysis for all 32 NFL teams. So if you're wondering where that is, it's already up there. We gave it to you guys instantly right after the draft. So you can go listen and watch that if you want to. But after taking that week off, we're kind of turning the page into some summer content and we're going to get to summer scouting summer scoutings in a couple of weeks away we normally start that at the beginning of june which we are but we got a couple of episodes before then so 
we thought it was really fun to do some of those drafting segments that we did last year. We're going to draft offensive and rookie or offensive and defensive rookie of the year this week. And then next week, we're going to have even more fun. We're going to expand it even further. We're going to draft against one another under 25 teams in the NFL. So guys who are under the age of 25 by week one, we're going to draft those against each other. But uh, dude, I, I like this format because it gives us a little bit of pride as we are predicting what we are going to see. And do you remember how our offensive rookie of the year draft went last year? Cause I got the sheet up right now. I don't know if you're looking at it. Do you have uh, it? I got to look at it the weekend before we taped this show because I, I really didn't remember. I was like, I don't know. I've assumed each of us had, or one of us, whoever it may be picked winners, but I didn't know when, how close we were. And then ultimately we each came away with one winner, but we it did. is funny where we, we picked did. them, Trevor. You had, okay, so I'm looking at this now, the, the Offensive Rookie of the Year draft that we did last year. I think you went first because we, we snake drafted it. And I, I think you went first. You went with Brees Hall. Then I went. That would Drake. be very like me. Yes. <laughs> then first I, overall. Homer. And it looked good. It Homer. Looked really- no, I'm kidding. It was a great pick. It ended up being a great pick. Then I went back to back Drake London, Traylon Burks. You then went Kenny Pickett, Chris Olave. I then went Sky Moore, Kenneth Walker. Almost had it with Kenneth. Yeah, you were real close. Then you went Garrett. Then you went Christian Watson. And with your last pick of the draft, you went with Garrett Wilson. So you got the winner. You got the offensive rookie of the year winner with your last pick of this draft last year. Last pick the, the hail Mary dart throw. It's so funny though, when you think about it and because people might be sitting there and go, why would Garrett Wilson go last in that draft at the time of that recording? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was not getting the reps ahead of, or expected to get the targets ahead of Corey Davis, Elijah Moore or Braxton Berrios at right. the time right and it went all the way to really the second half of week one against the ravens then they start putting him on the field and he was phenomenal ever since then so it goes to show you i do think this year is a little different but it goes to show you doing this exercise almost before summer even begins mm-hmm. how much things can change yeah no no question about it there's a, there's a lot that you learn i think especially during training camp in the preseason right mm-hmm. now. And look, even if that was the case, I did not expect the fall off that was the Elijah Moore saga with the Jets right. last year. Right. I mean, like it, it was as if that dude was, was barely even on the team. And it was like, no, 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 we got to force feed Garrett Wilson early. And so it makes sense when you go back to even the beginning of the regular season, what was happening with Elijah Moore, how much they wanted to get the ball in this guy's hands. But uh great pick by you. Great pick. You know Thank what, you, we, sir. you know, what we didn't do last year. We didn't appropriately come up with a like what happens with the winner. You and I do no, so we just did it. You and I do so many drafts. Like we do drafts during the summer. I feel like we do drafts during the season. You know, like never we'll, revisit we'll, them. We'll we'll place bets. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like we should do something. Like you guys out there listening to the show, let us know what you think the stipulation should be. I don't know, like. Should I have to buy Connor a jersey or like some wow. merchandise or like vice versa? Like whatever. Like, come on. I don't I don't really want it to be a punishment 
You know, like right. I, I don't I don't want the loser to get punished. I want An the award. winner to win something. So yeah, I like that. I, I would love to uh put the brain power of the, the addicts together to see what the winner should get after like a full year of you and I taking bets and um people voting on teams. Like I know people are gonna vote on our under 25 teams, so like that will be one point as well. Let us know what you guys think before we dig into it. So wanted to shout that out to him. All right, buddy. You want to uh you want to take the first pick again? Or do you want the second pick? Because you it's think snake we, draft style, so it goes back to back. I here. think I have an idea. I think the winner of last year's gets to pick what they want to do. Oh, you're saying that it just in these two drafts, the offensive yeah. and so okay. I, I will get to pick what I want to do for offense. And spoiler alert, Trevor won defensive rookie of the year. So when we do that show, you will get to pick. That's fair, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I think that that's fair. I think we should okay. do that. I will take the first pick then, right. which is, I mean, come on. There's a reason this guy is going oh, 1.1 in every <laughs> dynasty draft. It's just, it's just... Why did I agree? <laughs> damn. I was like, oh yeah, this sounds fun. Let's do it. And then I realized, <laughs> and then I realized the player that you're getting at number one. Right. So here's my take with B. John Robinson. Duh. Yeah. Now, when you look at a lot of sports books, he is traditionally hovering as we record this at plus 250 to plus 300. He is a pretty heavy favorite, although not a runaway. He's not like plus 150 and everybody's a mile away because this is an award where if you play well as a quarterback, you could definitely win it. Trevor, my take with B. John Robinson mm-hmm. is at the point that I think he is severely undervalued in the offensive player of the year running right now. Like, he's a super, super, super long shot. And when you look at Bijan, he probably went to the perfect landing spot for his instant production. Yeah. Where you can understand they will know how to use him in a receiving and running back role. When Arthur Smith was the Titans offensive coordinator in 2019 and 2020, Derrick Henry had almost 700 combined carries in that two-year span. Bijan is obviously a significantly uh, more threatening receiving player from the backfield as well. And this is an offense that with the right side and Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry and the addition of Matthew Bergeron and really kind of saying YOLO at quarterback, they are going to run the hell out of the ball and scheme up catch and run touches. So now injuries and they happen at the look at B, uh look at Brees Hall last year. Brees Hall was on this fast track to the winning this award. Yep. Gets hurt season ending yep. injury. Kenneth Walker, if he probably if he starts the year healthy, he wins offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, but he, he, he had the injury did. in camp. Mm-hmm. So that's the massive risk in picking running back for this award in May. But there's just no other selection for me here. No, I, I, I think you're right. Just going back to how much Arthur Smith clearly wants to run that offense on the ground. I mean, like you mentioned, we saw Tyler Algier be a 1000 yard back, you know, Crazy. And, and this is a fifth, fifth round rookie. And you know that they're going to give Bijan Robinson all sorts of value, not just in the run game, but in the pass game. And I think that it matters too. Maybe we're going to go over this in the next two episodes. It probably shouldn't matter as much as it does, but name and fame do go into this award. Like how highly you were selected will go into this award. Oh, because yeah. if Bijan, Here's the thing, and and I think that early production also means a ton, especially if you were selected early. Bijan's a top 10 overall pick. If Bijan comes out and let's say, let's say he starts off super hot, like 
four straight 100 yards from scrimmage games. And NFL Network sitting here talking about how, you know, he's on pace for this, he's on pace for that, four straight games of over 100 yards from scrimmage, whatever it is. Even if he has a middling year, I think, from then on out, if there are just one or two or three games in between that point and the, at the end of the season that he rushes for over 100 yards, his stat volume is going to be good enough, and he's probably going to win the award unless somebody absolutely goes nuclear. So I think that that You're 100% right. He, he's already has so many things going for him. He's going to be a first round pick and redraft the fantasy leagues, maybe going in the top five by the time we get there. He's mm-hmm. the 1.1 pick in dynasty leagues, unless you're going to take Anthony Richardson for super flex. So he already has the entire hype of the fantasy community, the hype of being a top 10 pick, the hype of being the centerpiece of an offense that could win the division. There's a chance. Yeah. I, I mean, it's re- like when you and to your point, if he has those first four games that you mentioned, these odds go from plus three hundred or plus two fifty to probably minus one fifty. Yeah, you you look at minus money. Yeah, yeah. So there it is. Okay, so but now you got two picks, which is really fun. Yeah, I uh, one of the picks I think is expected. I don't know if you would think that I would take the second guy. Uh, the first guy that I'm taking is Bryce Young simply because he should be the starting quarterback in week one, right? Mm-hmm. I, we could sit here and say, oh, you know, Andy Dalton could be the guy. You know, you don't have to pro- start Bryce right away. There's not really any part of Bryce's game or Bryce's scouting report over the last two years that have told me, oh, he needs time before he starts at the NFL level. No, no, no. He just needs reps. Like, that's it. The dude's unbelievably smart, processes things so well, and he's not going to learn how NFL regular season speed happens on the bench. And that's really all you're looking for with Bryce Young. So I think he's going to be the starting quarterback week one. Duh, number one overall pick, going to be the starting quarterback in week one. Great analysis, Trev. But because it it matters a lot, though. Yeah, I just think the volume is going to be there for them, right? It's a division that's not super strong, right? If if Bryce was getting plopped into the AFC East or the AFC North, like whatever it is, then all of a sudden, like, okay, you're you're guaranteed to play three really good teams twice. That's that's a tough ask on your schedule, and that's not even talking about some of the other divisions that you might be playing, but. The NFC South in general has one of the easier divisions in the NFL when it comes to strength of schedule. So I think that the schedule's on his side. I think that the volume's going to be on his side. And I think that this is often a quarterback award, or although it's not as much of a runaway as you might think. And that's just simply because these guys, especially if they are starting early, like let's look at the last offensive rookie of the years at quarterback. Justin Herbert started early. Kyler Murray started early, right? Like the, these guys have had a ton of volume in their rookie seasons that have allowed them to put together enough confidence to get the votes over, over some of those other guys. So Bryce simply from a volume perspective, I think has to be my pick here. I'm with you completely. I mean, number one, like you said, he's going to start, he's pro ready. He's in a division that he could feast on at, I think at times he has a great coaching staff. And the reality is if, you have a winning record as a rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. you probably win. You, you probably win. Yeah. I mean, th- remember remember the Brock Purdy conversation at the end of last year? Like, there was, like, legitimate <laughs> Of course people. I remember the Brock I mean, Purdy conversation. It was nauseating, but there was legitimate people that were like, he should win offensive rookie of the year. 
And it's like, well, no, but if he played three or four more games, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So it that's quarterback wins are a hell of a drug and they yeah. severely impact uh awards like this. Mm-hmm. So I now I do think I know where you're going for number two, despite you saying I would probably be surprised. Okay, where do you think I'm going with number two? Anthony Richardson? No. Okay. I thought you were going to go quarterback, quarterback there. No, um, no. Okay, um, this is fun then. This is I, really fun. I won't tell you. I won't tell you where Richardson is on my big board because of course okay. it is a draft, and we're going to have a lot on the line. We don't know what's on the line yet, but a lot. Yeah, is I'd on only the do one. I would only do one guess, not to go crazy so, on draft strategy. So uh, Bijan Robinson uh, has the first overall odds. He's plus three hundred, like you mentioned. Bryce Young, I did want to mention he's he's plus four thirty. So he has right now the second highest. Or best executive Bob. So it is pretty close. The next guy I'm going with has the fifth highest odds at plus 900. I'm going with Detroit Lions running back Jameer Gibbs. I'm going with Gibbs here, man. Look, replacing Jamal Williams, I think, is going to be massive in this equation. Because Jamal Williams had a very sneaky 17 rushing touchdowns last year now some people might go okay well they clearly didn't really like deandre swift they weren't really in on deandre swift seeing it i mean he's not even on the team anymore so clearly that wasn't really going to be a factor it's not like they were dying to get this guy the ball but he still had five touchdowns this is a team that had 23 total rushing touchdowns last year ben johnson's coming back the offensive line's going to be better the offense is going to be better overall this is a team that's probably going to be on a playoff run they're going to be on a playoff push i think they probably win the division this year Wins do kind of go into this because you're talking about these teams all the time. And this team drafted Jameer Gibbs at number 12 overall for a reason. They're going right. to give him the ball. And I and I, I get it. David Montgomery's on this team. I think he's going to certainly be a factor. But even, even David Montgomery's best stats, okay? Um, going back to his days in Chicago, okay? He played 16. He started 16 games last year. 800 yards, five rushing touchdowns. Year before, started 13 games, 849 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns. The year before in 2020, he had over 1,000 yards in 14 games and eight touchdowns. But it's not like this guy's just been a touchdown fiend. I think there's a lot of rushing production to be had in this offense. And even if it's like this even, even split, I think Jameer Gibbs could be close to eight, nine, ten, maybe even double-digit touchdowns if he gets lucky in the situations that he's playing. So I just, the way that they talked about Jameer Gibbs, after they drafted him sounded very familiar to the way that you would hear the Atlanta Falcons talk about Bijan Robinson in that they want to use him all over the offense in every way that they can, because he gives them that extra juice. So for Jameer Gibbs to have the fifth best odds at plus 900, not only do I think this is a best bet, but I'm taking him here as my second overall selection in the offensive rookie of the year draft. I don't think you're crazy at all. I mean, also with the Jamison Williams suspension, that's six games of extra targets or touches, whatever you want to call it, to go around for a guy that when they drafted him, I just went, man, they really want like an Alvin Kamara for their offense. Like that role, not that player, but that role mm-hmm. after adding David Montgomery, where Gibbs is going to get a lot of looks and Gibbs is really, really explosive for a team that you look at the track record, the small track record, but what Ben Johnson's been able to do in this offense and Goff being able to really get in rhythm in this offense with a good line, Gibbs could be in for a really, really big season. It's funny how we talk about, not we, the general narrative is around Gibbs, 
And I think it exists because he was in the same class as B. John Robinson. And I think if he wasn't, the general outlook on Gibbs would be much different because at the end of the day, I had him as a top 20 talent. And when they took him, yeah, I was surprised. But once I let it marinate, I'm like, in a class with a lot of uncertainty, mm-hmm. the Lions got one hell of an offensive threat. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, I think the passing game is going to really be able to alleviate the run game. I just think the, the familiarity of Goff and Ben Johnson, the quarterback offensive coordinator duo there, is going to continue into this year. The offensive line is going to get even better. Still like the passing weapons that they have, right? And so um, I just think the offense in general is going to be elevated uh, with Detroit. So I think Gibbs is going to be a big-time benefactor of that. Not saying he's going to get 17 touchdowns, but shoot, man. Okay, if if he gets eight, nine, ten, anywhere like that, you're talking about a ton of production for this guy. So, uh, yeah, uh, Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs, my first two selections here. All right, so I'm going to go Anthony Richardson in this spot. Now, there's a lot of variables here that obviously scare you. One being that it's not a sure thing he's going to start, although he should start. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, obviously, a player that didn't get to play an overwhelming amount in college and will have some hiccups throughout his rookie season. But a couple things. He's on a good team. He is an explosive play threat, whether it's with the deep ball or whether it's with his legs. I I believe in Shane Steichen to utilize his running threat in the red zone, like we saw with Jalen Hurts, that there could be sneaky touchdown production on the ground here right away for Richardson. And honestly, it goes back to your argument with Bryce Young, Trevor. I mean, if the Colts win as many games as I think they can, and Richardson's the starter, he's just going to hover around for this award. He doesn't have to throw for 300 yards every single right. week. He, right. he can really, honestly, he could probably throw for about 170 a week, rush for another 60-plus a week, average one throwing touchdown and one rushing touchdown in that kind of stretch, and you're looking around and going, damn, the Colts are 6-4 and four or whatever it is. I mean, it's just, it's just hard to leave him sitting on the board that long because of the explosive play threat that he is. Um, and somebody that honestly, I think really should start right away, but we're just not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah, I think the touchdowns are a major part of what goes into this award, right? Because not only are we trying to pick players that are in good situations that we believe are going to produce, they also have to produce in a certain way. Uh, that appeals to NFL voters the way that we have seen them vote in the past. And I, and I do believe that, Richardson, the reason why I didn't go with him as one of my first two selections, and I had him fourth, like he would have been the next guy that I picked. So we've got my my top four guys off of the board right here in the first four picks. But the reason why I didn't have him a little bit higher, despite the potential volume that he could have, is because I, I, I think it will be unfair to him the narrative that he has to overcome as a passer that might take away from some of the votes that he might normally get. Like even if Richardson's having an okay year efficiency wise, like even if the accuracy is pretty decent for a rookie quarterback, all things considered, you know, if the completion percentage is where it needs to be, if the turnover worthy play rate is about average, you unfortunately know there's going to be those one, two, three plays where it will be a turnover worthy play, or it will be a bad misthrow. And somebody watching that's going to go, See, I mean, I told you he wasn't accurate enough for the league. And that is something that I just think is going to be going against him. He's really going to have to, I think, play very, very well from a rushing standpoint to overcome. And he's also going to have to play well as a passer too. So I think Richardson 
if things were in a vacuum, I probably would have picked him as one of my first two selections. But I just think, unfortunately, the narrative is against him. And what people talked about him pre-draft, and if you see a handful of those throws, are those the ones that you remember the most? Are those the ones that are going to sway voters? So I don't disagree with anything you said. I just wanted to throw that out when it comes to Richardson potentially winning this award for anybody who might be thinking about putting some money on it. I think you're I think you're right. This is the point of the draft where you're kind of looking at ceiling uh, yeah, rather totally. than floor. I think totally. our, my first pick and your first pick were floor picks. And then we get to this point in the draft and you start to kind of swing for the fences of the ceiling of what the guy could be. And number three actually goes against that grain a little bit because figuring out the over my third pick, figuring out the overall target share right away is a little tricky for this guy, but I, I go back to the talent and how I saw him and I, I have to take Jackson Smith and Jigba Ooh, here. Okay. All right. Now, okay. Let's start with what's going against him for this award. Yep. He is in an offense that illustrated by taking Zach Charbonnet in the second round when they already have Kenneth Walker, they have added so much firepower to this offensive line. It's part of the reason probably they wanted Russ out of there. They want to run the football. And I, I have no problem with that. Pete Carroll is a guy that wants to lean on the ground game as much as he can. And it opens up the play action game for them throwing. And DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are still in this offense. And DK Metcalf probably will be for a large duration of JSN's early career. Lockett, we'll see, but still an effective football player. If Seattle says we're not going to be as run heavy as perceived and JSN's going to live in the slot, Lockett is going to be in a vertical threatening role, but JSN's going to have a lot of short area targets to work with. He's got a shot to have a really big rookie season. I like his long-term outlook way better than his short-term outlook, mm -hmm. but I'll still take him here because if you get one injury to Metcalf or Lockett, he's going to have a really big year. He's pro ready. He's such a good possession threat. He's a great route runner. I think Gino will really love to have this guy to work the middle of the field. So this is definitely more of a talent pick rather than instant role uh, outlook for JSN. Yeah, and he's going to he's gonna contribute right away. He has to. I you mean, know, it's just a matter of how much. And I, right. and I think that you're right. It's, it's a little bit of a floor pick with JSN because you know they're going to put him in a situation where he's very comfortable, I think, in this And slot, he's good. Right? And they're going to keep Lockett off the line of scrimmage. And, you know, when they go to just two wide receiver sets, I think, of course, it's going to be Metcalf and Lockett in that right. in that instance. But when they go to those three wide receivers, I think Smith and Jigba is going to play a lot in the slot. They'll use Tyra Lockett as more of a flanker because he's more experienced. They could play him to the outside just off the line of scrimmage while Metcalf can play on the strong side. But I do still think it's a good pick. Like I, I think that with the projected volume that Smith and Jigba is supposed to get, if the rest of the class around him just doesn't light the world on fire, again, Seattle could be a big headline team. We could be talking about a big three of their wide receivers, and Smith and Jigba is going to be one of them. So um, you're going JSN there. I'll go with the other receiver. And I'm curious, were you debating between Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison, because I'm going to go. Okay, because I'm going to go. Jordan I almost Addison. took Addison, and I I would value Addison higher in redraft fantasy right now. I would yeah. because so, he's the number two. He plays across from Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's it, this is very this was very very difficult for me. So I I can understand it, and certainly the folks at Vegas do as well because Smith and Jigba was plus twelve hundred, 
um, to win rookie of the year, which is sixth best odds. And Jordan Addison was right behind him, plus 1,600. And I think that's wrong. I think Addison's odds are too long. If I was setting those odds for a book, I would have him closer to plus 1,350, plus 1,400. So he's he's the value pick on the board to me. I would as well. And I'm going to go Addison here for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, I think that everybody, whether you were high on Addison as a prospect or lower on him, like I was, I had had him as a top 50 player, but I was a little bit lower on him. I said I, I had him more of a second round pick kind of a guy. I still love where he landed. And I think that this is a great spot to get the most out of whatever Jordan Addison can be. Certainly the factor of playing on the opposite side or same side or whatever, just the same team as Justin Jefferson means a lot because all of the attention is going to go to Justin Jefferson. And it has to, right? One of the most productive receivers over the last three years, maybe the most productive receiver over the last three years, depending on what categories you're looking at. But if you're throwing a dartboard at wide receiver categories, good chance he was the most productive there. So you know that that's not going away. I think the offensive line is going to be better. But I, I, I do wonder what's going to happen in the running game. Is Dalvin Cook going to be out of there? There's the rumors of Dalvin Cook might not be in, he might not be in Minnesota anymore. So if Dalvin Cook's not yeah. there, sure, okay, you say to yourself, all right, we like Alexander Madison. Well, are you giving Alexander Madison the same volume that you gave Dalvin Cook when he was healthy? No, probably not. So you're probably throwing a lot more anyways. That means that Addison's taking that number two wide receiver spot and getting that volume there. You know he's going to see a lot of single coverage no matter where he's lined up because of the Jefferson's factor. And another factor here, Connor, I don't love the Vikings secondary this year. It's guys that have a lot of question marks. Andrew Bruth has questions to answer. Byron Murphy, okay, nice corner, but how much has he really changed in that room? Caleb Evans is the other guy on the outside. And so it's like, great point. you look at this secondary, and if the pass rush, which just lost to Darius Smith, if the pass rush isn't what it needs to be, that secondary is going to be in for a long year. There are going to be a lot of points on the board for the other team, no matter whether it's home or away for the Minnesota Vikings. And I think they're going to be throwing a lot. So if you just look at the offensive side of the ball, I think you can envision some volume for Jordan Addison. But if you look at the defensive side of the ball as well, I think that only increases those volume odds for him. So if you're out there and you are a sports better, Jordan Addison plus 1,600 to win rookie of the year. It's a pretty decent bet. Yeah, and there are currently odds at one sports book um, that I won't give the promo to, but as high as plus seventeen hundred. Mm. So, if you do your homework, you could actually get the you can get you can get serious value on Jordan Addison and Trevor. Right, I, I, that would have been a no brainer pick for me that you just took. I'm torn here, Connor, for my next. Pick. Oh, this is where now now we're in the nitty gritty like there is and there is no deny i know there's one player out there that people are like oh how do you not take him yet but i don't think it's that easy of a spot i am gonna take stroud yep i'm gonna get it i'm gonna take stroud here um i was not going to take him really anything before this all six of the players that were selected here in this in this draft were higher on the board than cj stroud was and I just don't know what his production is going to be this year. You're coming from a environment from Ohio state that you were just surrounded by premium talent. CJ Stroud had the best supporting cast every single game of college football that he played outside of maybe the last one that they lost against Georgia. That's it. 
he had he had better talent to go to in basically every single other game. And I know Michigan, you know, Michigan fans are going to clap back at me a little bit there. But I'm just talking about like five stars and talent throughout over the last two years, especially if you take both of those into account. Man, the offensive side of the ball was unbelievable for Ohio State. The talent along the offensive line was crazy. He had all sorts of time to be the pocket passer that he wanted to be. He had the offensive weapons to have faith in to throw it up there, even in tight coverage that's no guarantee at this level. I like what the Texans are doing along the offensive line. It should be nice. But even then, it's going to be a massive adjustment to NFL speed and NFL defensive fronts from what Stroud is used to. And then when it comes to who's he going to throw to, you know, it's hold on. Let me make sure that I can give Houston their proper due here with the depth chart that they've. Well, you can start with Tank Dell. Oh, sorry. Tank Dell goat. Um, Robert Woods, who I like, but okay. Right. John Mechie, who I like, but don't know what we're getting out of John Mechie. Nico Collins, not a big impact wide receiver. Then you get rookies. You got Tank Dell. You got Xavier Hutchinson. I like Noah Brown, but Noah Brown's probably just a wide receiver three. And then they got a lot of other wide receiver names that I don't think are going to be impactful. So tight end as well. They signed Dalton Dalton Schultz too. Okay, that's good. You needed that. But Brevin Jordan outside after that. It's just going to be a major step down no matter how you look at it. But... CJ's got to start. So we're playing, we're playing a volume game here with CJ Stroud. So I will go with him as my, uh, as my fourth pick here. No argument for me. It's, it's the thing where you look at his supporting cast and you don't love it. You look at a little bit of a transition and you're like, okay, it goes back to the first argument we had, right? What was the argument we had with Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson? If those teams are good, those guys are going to be relevant in this award, no matter what. I'm not convinced the Texans are ready to be good. I think they are making progress. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready for them to be good. And if that's what you believe, then you don't believe CJ Stroud has a top five to six chance to win this award. So uh, I think these odds have the the least amount of value. Plus 700. Plus 700. Stroud should probably be closer to plus 1,000. Hey, maybe he lights the world on fire. The Texans are the story of this year's NFL season. And, you know, he he's the reason he lifts them up. I think that's a little unfair to expect of him as a rookie going to that offense personally. So uh, you got back to back now to round out your draft. Who we got? Okay. So I'm going to start things off here with Quentin Johnston. Okay. All right. I'm so curious as who your, your two picks are going to be. Okay. Yeah, and Johnson, I mean, I'm not, right. I'm kind of going wide receiver darts here. Johnston is a player that number one, I mean the chargers with Kellen Moore, should be a team that's able to figure out how to have three wide receivers on the field. So I don't necessarily live in the world where I'm so afraid of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And there's no, there's no world uh, for Quentin Johnson to exist. But I also kind of where it goes to being a dart throw, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams get banged up as most uh, veteran wide receivers do. Right. And the chargers are a team that whenever one of those guys is banged up, you go like, we have this conversation in fantasy all the time. Go pick up blah, blah, blah. Because now he's the number two. And right, that's, right. that's a nice role in an offense with Justin Herbert. If one of those guys gets banged up and history tells you they probably will, that is a monster opportunity for Quentin Johnston. And this is a team that they were in 11 personnel, almost 70% of their offensive snaps last year. I think that goes up with Kellen Moore. So Quentin Johnston is going to be on the field with or without them. It's just hard for me to not take him with one of these two picks. 
Yeah, no, I I could see it. I, I debated Quentin Johnson, but I'm going to be honest. I have a couple of wide receivers ranked ahead of him. So I feel like he is on my big board. And um, the one that I think is maybe a super sleeper for me is still on the board that I might end up selecting with, with my fifth pick. But it does make sense given the injury history of the guys that are above him on the depth chart. And um, even though the team is was committed to bringing those guys back, keeping the same receiver core there, they drafted Johnson for a reason, right? And I think that they believe that his speed is something that can unlock the offense. So even if the other guys on the depth chart, like you mentioned, are healthy, that speed they're going to get his speed on the field. They're going to want to get him on the field however they can. So um, I understand it. I wouldn't have picked him there, but I, I do understand it. Okay, so now this is where, I mean, you, you could get creative in this spot. I know some people are probably sitting there going, we'll just take Zay Flowers. He has the same odds, basically, as Quentin Johnston or in the same range as Quentin Johnston. Oh, don't take my sleeper. Don't do it. Are you taking a sleeper player? Are you taking it? I mean, I'm taking a long shot, but I wouldn't call him a sleeper at all. Okay, I don't I don't think you're going to take my guy. Oh, man. No, don't. No, come on. Don't don't overthink it. Now try to take my guy. Don't do that. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. There is there is one other player that I really like here. I really, really like here. And there's a couple there's a couple hiccups that I gotta get over to really well, can, take him. You can take him in this spot. You can talk it out because you have you have this is your last pick. See, you don't, it you is. don't have to I don't think you have to hide. So it. I I'm not gonna okay. So I'll tell you who this was between. Mm-hmm. Roshan Johnson. Oh, nice. And and of course Dalton Kincaid. Okay. Now All right. Here's what's going against those guys. I ultimately do think the Bears get to camp and look at Deontay Foreman and Khalil mm-hmm. Herbert, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, Roshan Johnson's probably our best running back. Oh, I, I don't it. know when they ultimately go all into that. And if it's October or November or December, then it doesn't matter, right? And like, it'd be very hard. Yeah. It'd be very hard for him to win that award. Yeah. And then Justin Fields. This is great about Justin Fields, but not good for Roshan Johnson for right. Rookie of the year. Right, he takes away t- touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, that's huge. Now, Kincaid, tight end rookie production is traditionally terrible. I do think he's in a situation where he's an older, polished prospect. He's a pass catcher, not really a tight end. Right. He plays with Josh Allen. I really do think. Obviously, it's Stephon Diggs. I think Kincaid is a more consistent number two than Gabe Davis. And Ooh, see, that's if you believe that, then this I do. Make, then this makes sense. Then this then this one definitely makes sense. And it helps Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis now becomes a number three that could stretch the field. And it's not, oh, did Gabe Davis lose us the game this week or win us the game? Like, I don't think that's even fair to the projection of Gabe Davis. But it's a lot to ask of a rookie tight end. It is. But I'll still take Kincaid. He's plus thirty five hundred. At major sports books, that is telling you that they don't think he has a shot to win this award. Yep. I guarantee I will regret not taking a running back flyer here, but I, I still am going to believe in Josh Allen. I'm going to believe in Kincaid being their number two, and I'm going to believe in his floor. Um, and I think there's a, maybe a touchdown floor there that I actually really, really like where I'll make him my final pick. Okay. All right. So you're going with Kincaid. I saw it. You know, it, there's two sides of the coin, right? It, there's either the room's already too established and too crowded. You don't think he's going to get the volume. I think that Kincaid is going to sh- reshape kind of how they do offense. You and I have talked about on this podcast oh, yeah. before 
how little they have run 12 personnel sets over the last couple of seasons. This changes that. This gives them a different element in their offense and allows them to go to a different personnel group. So I think the versatility there is going to be impactful no matter what. I am skeptical of how much that directly correlates to Kincaid's individual stats. But if you, which you can certainly convince yourself of, if you believe that Kincaid all of a sudden will be their number two option. This is a team that's going to play a ton of headliner games throughout the season. And if this dude's producing at a decently high level, then you're talking about somebody who's going to be in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. So I saw it differently, but I do get, if you believe the other side of things, why he would be a selection for you. You said that he was plus 3,500, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so my last pick is also plus 3,500. Man, I thought I knew where you were going. Where did you think I was going? He's not, though. I thought you were going with Kendra Miller. No, thought about okay. it. Okay. Did think about it. Jamal Williams being there is... I know. It's too It's it's too much for me to bet on him to yeah. take over any of what Alvin Kamara uh, might miss. My pick here is Rasheed Rice. Yeah. From Kansas City. So, Rasheed, we know from this past year, uh, understands what it's like to have a large... Um, Wide target receiver share? Usage. Yeah, target yeah, share. I was, I was like, I was like trying to think of the words, and I was like, what? How am I blanking on this? So yeah, he he is he has a huge target share from his time at SMU. So we know that that's in his blood. We know that he's used to that. Whereas Kansas City, if they have to ramp up his target share, we know that he will. At least you, you would think he has the confidence to be able to to handle that and play well. The guys in front of him on the depth chart. The reason why he's plus thirty five hundred is because Marquez Valdez Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. Those three guys are healthy. They're playing over Rasheed Rice, right? I mean, like, there's there's not a debate for that. But all three of these guys, there is reason to believe that they might not be out there for a full season. Marquez Valdez Scantling hasn't played 16. Actually, so he played he played 17 last year, but he only started 11. He only played 11 the year before. Kadarius Tony, we know has missed time due to injury. I, I, I mean, he's Mister Hamstring. I hope all these guys are healthy for the entire season. I'm not saying that like, oh, I'm betting on these guys to be hurt or anything. But if they have an injury history, I think that that goes into long shot bets. Sky Moore, same way. He played 16 games last year, okay, but he only started three, had 22 receptions. Are you really going to ramp it up that much for him? So if any of those guys missed any time at all, Rasheed Rice is kind of this different type of player for them. Who, if you are plugging him in you're probably getting some unique production out. And if that's the case, you're probably not going to want that to go away once those guys get healthy again. So I really think that all it takes is a little window of opportunity for Rasheed Rice. And you're betting on him being the best version of himself, right? You and I talked about this after he was drafted or as we were going through our wide receiver rankings that it feels like this is a jump ball contested catch wide receiver that does not have the frame or size or strength to be a jump ball contested catch wide receiver. So all of these things have to be different for him. He kind of has to retool how he approaches the game. But that does present him with a unique skill set in this Kansas City Chiefs offense. His quarterback's Patrick Mahomes, okay? Like, the if he's out there and Good he's start. on the field, yeah, right. Like he's going to get a ton of their production. They're going to have, they're going to throw for a lot of yards. They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to have a lot of passing touchdowns and they're going to be in every major conversation going through the entire season and making the postseason like we believe that they are. 
If any of those guys in front of him miss time for whatever reason, I think that there is an opportunity for Rasheed Rice to really uh, make his mark in that offense, and then one that's a high-powered one too. So that uh, I, I, that would be a long shot, thirty-five hundred bet that I'd say, hey, throw a little bit of money to it. I uh, I actually like the odds here. I don't think you're crazy at all. I mean, if you're looking for, if we're talking about biggest disparity between like what the player is pre-draft compared to what they could be because of where they went. Rasheed Rice gained the most. I'm trying to really go through it in my head. I, I don't think I could find a better answer. Yeah. Honestly. Let me look. And also, I, to be fair, I was probably lower on him than some. Obviously, like I had, the, she, the whole, I had Rasheed Rice was. In the, as with a fourth round grade. I so, yeah. So yeah, the answer for me would be Rasheed Rice, and and Rasheed Rice's best skill is when the play breaks down, working back to the quarterback and jumping in the air like an acrobat and making a play on the ball. And if you want a quarterback where you get to do that, you probably pick Patrick Mahomes in NFL history. Like it, it's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah, I think That's, I think that you're right. By the way, I'm looking at the this past draft and it's like who gained the most from the landing spot that they had. And there's obviously like great landing spots, but like, but to say Jordan Addison gained the most, well, people already thought Jordan Addison was good. It's the first so, round pick. Right. So like that, the, I, I don't think that that, that doesn't apply in the same way that we were talking about here. Rasheed Rice obviously was picked in the second round, but I think both you and I had him third, fourth round picks. I can't remember exactly where my grade was on him, but that gets elevated for sure. Uh, Cedric Tillman. We already liked, I like that spot. Josh Downs. I, we already liked his wide receiver. So that spot's not the same. You know what's a sneaky one? But it it would take... The reason why it doesn't count is because somebody would have to ha get hurt in front of him. Mm -hmm. And that somebody is Jared Goff. Hendon Hooker... Like, you put Hendon Hooker in the Lions offense with Ben Johnson. Oh, I was just thinking wide receivers, but I totally agree with you. Yes. Like, if Hendon Hooker has to play two years from now when he's fully ready to go because Goff gets hurt, you're like, yeah, yeah he'll probably be fine. If, also, it'll probably be fine. If Hendon Hooker had not, like, let's say the ACL injury never even happened, and it's the same things unfold, he goes in the second round of the Detroit Lions, like, uh, same stuff. If I don't have to worry about the rehab and the knee at all, I I probably would have picked him at the end of this draft. Right. Just, just to do it. Just to right. Do it. Because you know if he had to take over, he has a really good shot to win this award. Yeah, he does. So guys that we, well, actually I'll go over the ones that we do, that we did pick. That's probably a better way to do it. Um, my five, I got Bryce Young. I got Jameer Gibbs, Jordan Addison, CJ Stroud, and Rasheed Rice. Connor's got Bijan Robinson, Anthony Richardson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quinn Johnson, and Dalton Kincaid. Guys that we left on the board. Zay Flowers. Yeah, that's the big one. Zay, I, I thought about Zach Charbonnet. I did too. I thought about Zach Charbonnet as my kind of like flyer Hail Mary at the very end of the draft. But I mean, Kenneth's, Kenneth's just, even if they start to split time a little bit, you would like Kenneth would have to miss the entire season, basically. He, right. Kenneth would have to miss time for an injury at the very beginning of the year. And I didn't even want that karma on it. So I didn't, I, although I do like the spot for Zach Charbonnet. If he were just to become the starter for whatever reason, I think that he would reward he, He's become the most perplexing dynasty projection. Yeah, because you like him and you like Love the, the spot. Player. Love the offense. But they just drafted Walker. And he was Kenneth awesome. Walker. Yeah. Oh, man.
All right. Well, uh, let us know whose group that you think was better, mine or Connor's, and ultimately who you guys think is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year and even what the best bet might be. Because it might be very easy to say, oh, B. John Robinson, sure, I'm going to put my name on him winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. But go a little bit further. Give us a best bet. Somebody who's not the top dog who you think has a good shot of doing it and explain to us why. We love hearing from you. You can do so on the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com backslash NFL, at NFL Stock Exchange. Get in the comments and liking the video, subscribing to the channel. That's the best way to uh, keep up with what we're doing and the conversations that we're going to be having through these next episodes, of course, and for summer scouting as well. Um, if you're listening on audio only, and if you don't have a YouTube account, at Tampa Bay Trey, at Connor J. Rogers, both on Twitter and Instagram, that's where you can hit us up and get in on the conversation there too. Uh, Connor, do you have anything else before we get out of here? I think that summed it up pretty well. This is always a fun exercise. If you're listening and wondering, defensive rookie of the year version of this will be right around the corner. You won't mm -hmm. have to wait a full week um we're gonna we're gonna knock that out in the same week so these are pretty cohesive like you keep hitting trevor we are kind of knocking down the door summer scouting will be here before everyone knows it i'm so excited man i'm so excited to be thinking this summer scouting. i've been like kind of getting the itch like sometimes I at night when i like want to wind down I, I end up reading um there's been a couple times where instead of like just sitting in bed with the book i'm like do i grab the ipad like, do I do it? <laughs> do I and, but once you go take? down that road, there's no going back. There's no, no, you so can't. I, I need to finish the book I'm reading and then I'm, and then I'm taking the plunge and there's mm -hmm. no going back. There, so. there, there will be no going back. We got a couple more episodes before we get to that point. Connor's obviously got a book to finish, but yeah. like Project, said, uh, Project Hail Mary. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh, love the shout out. Love the shout out. We got one more episode for you guys later this week. It is the second part of this. We'll be drafting defensive rookie of the year candidates. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers. Until then, thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.